Well, good morning, everybody. Y'all act like you don't know. I'm going to make you do this every week. Good morning, everybody. Yes, you can pull that crap with KT, but not with me. Amen. Listen, it is incredibly uh, exciting to me that I get to be here. I feel like it's been forever uh, since I've been able to, uh, to bring the word to my favorite group of people uh, on the face of the planet. And so I'm grateful to be here with you this morning. I'm grateful to be the one that kicks off uh, a brand new series. I always love the first and the last of a series. I feel like I feel like I just have feel all of the passion and excitement of what we're gonna go through together in the beginning and the end. I don't know why. I just do. Um, and as Pastor KT explained to you guys uh, last week, as he as he brought the word last week, what he clearly communicated, I believe, is that spiritual warfare is real. And that we as a people need to be ready for what the enemy will be faithful to put on our doorsteps, in our living rooms, on our devices, in our minds, and in our lives. We need to be ready. As we prayed, uh, as we prayed over this year and what all it was going to mean for us as a church, the things that both of us heard separately and then came together to talk about was that we need to prepare our people. That whether you live in this neighborhood or one that's really, really far away, it doesn't matter. Your area is a war zone. That what's happening in your life, at your job, at your schools, it's a war zone. And I believe that as we go throughout the year and we continue to cast vision for where God is taking us moving forward, and as we continue um, uh, to say out loud all of these dreams and things that are on our hearts that we have already seen the evidence of God beginning to do, as we begin to say those things out loud, I believe fully that the enemy will kick up the intensity with which he is after our people and as we continue to press into wanting to deploy our people into the trenches of the war zone we call this world, the enemy will be faithful to kick up the intensity of their attack. And so we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. We need to intimately know with great detail what it is that the Lord has done for us to be prepared, what it is the Lord has for us to, to use as weaponry, and exactly who it is that we go up against. I believe in all of Scripture. We, we, see, we see this theme carried out all over. But I believe with the utmost clarity, there is one passage in particular that, that kind of brings it all home for me. And so rather than just stand up here, because I almost did it this way, rather than just stand up here and give you this passage as preparation once and for all, we decided as a team to take our time. And so rather than just do the whole passage all in, 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 in one shot, we wanted to be faithful and diligent to communicate the depth of what God wants us to understand from Paul's writing. And if it's okay with you, we're going to go ahead and take it one verse at a time. Is that okay? Is that all right with you that we take our time with this passage? It might take us till Easter. Is that okay? 
And by, and by it might, I mean it literally is taking us to Easter, guys. Yeah, that's okay with us? Okay, all right. As we prepare our hearts for what the word has to say, I want to propose to you the idea that as God sends us out into this war zone, he is wholly concerned with what we are wearing. But it is not necessarily the dope shoes we got on our feet. Rev hates my outfit. He said I don't match the vibe. Y'all got, way, y'all got way too quiet. Like, I don't like how much you agreed with them, so I'm just going to keep on pushing. It's not as much what you're physically wearing in the body, but more so what you are wearing in the spiritual. And so if you haven't caught enough hints already, I need you to join me this week and for the next several weeks in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Had to know it was coming, right? If you've been in church for a while, you're like, oh, here we go, right? You probably know a song and a motion with each of the steps, but I, I want you to, 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 to approach the text with some reverence and severity for what we're talking about. This is Ephesians 6. We're going to read the whole thing uh, this week. And then we're going to talk about it. This is Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. If you don't have your Bibles with you, it's okay. Look up on the screen as we read together. The Apostle Paul, the Gospel Globetrotter himself, writes this. Finally. Church, are you with me this morning? Say, finally. 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 Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, church say, therefore, Therefore. take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, you need the Grinches from Kobe. Nope, just kidding. Having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times. When do you pray? At all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. This is the word of God, and it is true. I want to read our focus verse for this week just one more time. Back up with me to verse 10. This is where we land for this week, this verse and this verse only. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. All good movies leading up to their climax have a movie montage. You feel me? I I can think of none better. Debate me later. I'll tell you why you're wrong. I can think of none better 
than that which are featured in the Rocky movies. Yes, everybody over the age of 30 is with me. Hello. Y'all are like, what's Rocky? Let me say it another way. Creed, y'all seen that? Yeah, I know you love Michael B. Jordan, but he's not Rocky. Stop it. Talking to my wife specifically. Y'all watch out. But in the Rocky movies, what happens every single time is that there reaches a point leading up to the climax where the music drops. Bum, 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 bum. And what's starting, right? These are the scenes where he's chasing the chicken around the around the little coop, right? He's hitting, he's hitting hanging raw meat in this big freezer, right? He's running, but he's been smoking, so he's like barely getting up the steps, right? He's doing all this stuff, and you just see Mickey by come on, rock, come on, rock, right? And it picks up intensity. And then he's running a little bit faster because he quit smoking last week and now we run fast all of a sudden and right and now he's getting up to the next layer of steps and then he's hitting the meat and in the meat you can hear the ribs cracking right and it's magically on beat it's amazing right and then all of a sudden he's chasing a chicken and then he grabs a chicken then he's got like 10 chickens in his hand and rocks like come on rock come on rock and he's running and then he makes it to the to the top of the art museum that he's never been inside because he's a boxer and he's running up and down. yes yes i made it i made it. he's yelling out the name of his opponent come on come on and then everything just stops and he's in the locker room and it's quiet and he's by himself, but in the background, you can hear the crowd, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. But in the locker room, it's quiet. And these are the last words that his coaches will say to him before they can't help him anymore. The last things that Mickey or Apollo or Duke will impart onto him before he heads out to the ring to fight for real, and it's quiet. As the Apostle Paul drops that word, finally, the montage has ended. We're in the locker room now, and it's quiet. And the world is outside waiting, beating on the door, ready to weigh down on anyone who dares walk out of that tunnel to fight the enemy. And these are the last things that the Apostle Paul has to impart on us. All those moments of preparation, all the workouts, all the words of wisdom, all the instruction, it comes to this moment. Paul is writing from a jail cell. So he knows I can't be there with you. To those who are reading these words, I will not be able, I'm here in chains. I will not be able to walk through this with you. You have to take to heart the words that I'm about to say to you because I can't be there and do it for you. He says, I've talked to you about the greatness of the purpose of God. I've talked to you. I've talked to you about the greatness of his high calling and how his high calling has implication in every single one of your lives, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles as well. I've talked to you about specific instruction 
with how to, how to handle yourself, how to, be able to, how to be able to face the world, how you handle yourself when you're gathered together as the body of Christ, instructions for how the church ought to walk through things, instructions all the way down to how you live with your spouse and your kids. I've covered it with you. And it all comes down to this. Finally. Finally. He says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. When you check this in its original context, in its original language, the phrase be strong would quite literally, would more literally translate as being strengthened. Being strengthened. The tense is important because, and, and the dangers of casual reading, had to get it in there. The dangers of casual reading will, will, will not allow you to catch this. But the tense that is used in the Greek is important because being strengthened implies the uh, 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 present passive tense. In other words, it's something that is continually being done to you. It's not something that you're doing, right? It's not you chasing the chicken. It's not you bench pressing raw meat. It's something that is being done to you. It is the strengthening and the empowerment continually, not once and for all, continually from the Lord. People, Paul is implying, cannot strengthen themselves for this battle. As, as the heat of our lives intensifies, there's nothing we can do that actually strengthens ourselves for the, ba- for the battle that we are about to face. Rather, Paul says, it must come from the Lord every day continuously. Some of us wake up in the morning and I'm afraid that we think we don't need to start our days with prayer, meditation, or scripture because we got to hurry up and get the kids up and then we got to go ahead and, and get to this grind. And I woke up a little late today and, 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 and God will understand. And quite honestly, I can't make it to huddle or I can't help KT or, or, or the Tikva staff with what they got going on because, because I'm on this grind right now. It's just, it's just a busy season right now. I got I to gotta make sure to take care of mine real quick, real quick, but God will understand. And then we want to say, well, I can't, I can't make it to worship, you know, every Sunday because the weekend, the weekend is my time. The weekend is like my only time, right? And, and, and God will understand. And we say these things and we do these things over and over. And then we have the audacity to lay our heads down at night and cry out to the Lord, where is the strength that you promised? Where is the strength that you promised? And Paul's like, it's right here. Continuously being strengthened in the Lord. Where do you find it? In the Lord. So why aren't you giving him your time? Where is the strength to continue in this fight, Lord? Where is the strength? It's in the Lord. A lot of you right now feel like you're fighting a battle. 
a lot of you right now wish I would move on to a new metaphor because you're like, you've talked about me enough. I am going to keep going. I got a little while yet. Where do you find the strength to keep going? Church, I know you're with me. Come on, say it with me. Where do you find it? In the Lord. In the Lord. And I have to spend just a little bit of time. This is why it's going to take us till Easter. I have to spend just a little bit of time noting the fact that Paul intentionally uses the language of in the Lord. What do you mean in the Lord? Like he's wearing something and it's in his pockets? Mm Mm-mm. See, Paul has this tendency in his writings. As a matter of fact, you can find it quite literally in Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Philippians, and Colossians. He uses this language on purpose because Paul's theology is that when you have accepted salvation, you have been brought in Christ. Over and over, he uses this phrase, in Christ, or in the Lord, not with, as it appears in other parts of Scripture. He's like, yeah, 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 lots of people were with God, right? But then all of a sudden, when Jesus got in a little bit of trouble. We saw how many people were really with Jesus. You see what I'm saying? No, no, no. He said, if you've received salvation, you have been brought in Christ, in the Lord. So what does it mean? 2020, uh, I hit a little bit of a a rough patch and um, I went on sabbatical for a little while and one of the things that, um, that I did intentionally because our, our elders and, and, and the sabbatical team that I had put together had, had told me that I need to mark out specific spiritual things that I was going to be doing to get back to health. And so one of the things that I had to do um, was one of the things was I, I flew to Texas. Um, and there I went and visited in Houston uh, a friend of a friend. Um, I, call, I call him Prof. And what Prof specifically does is Prof, Prof's ministry is specifically meant to, to mentor and disciple and pour into pastors who need healing. And as I sat with him, he said, all we're going to do over the next couple of days is we're just going to read Philippians together. And I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I was a little ticked at first. I was like, bruh, it's a pandemic and I just got on a plane. I took time that I never get with my family at home, came all the way here, bruh, to read, a, to, 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 to read Philippians? And he said, just open up to Philippians. Philippians 1, verse 1, says this phrase, in Christ. And he breaks it down for me this way. He says, everything that God has created, we learn from John 1, 1, was through Christ, right? It was in Christ. Everything that God has accomplished has been done in who? Christ. Every characteristic that God possesses is seen in flesh in who? In Christ. Everything that God owns is given to who who has been lifted up? Christ. So if everything that God is and everything that God does and everything that God has is in Christ, then we can understand it this way. 
this circle is in the Lord. This is what is in Christ right here. Eternity is in Christ. Eternal resources, endless resources is in Christ. Endless, infinite, supernatural power is in Christ. The strength that you need to overcome the world has been done by none other than Christ. So everything that God is, has, and does is in the Lord. Now, where are we at? Paul reminds us earlier in Ephesians that he says, don't forget that you too were once outsiders. Don't forget that you too were alone, cold in your own darkness, trying in your own strength to figure out how you were going to make it through. This is where we're at naturally, outsiders, outside of Christ, trying to get it on our own, trying to figure it out on our own, trying to, trying to make it happen by our own strength and our own resources and our own realities. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the Apostle Paul, is that you were, though you were once outsiders, you were baptized and adopted into the family so that you now find yourself where? In Christ. The gospel of Jesus, according to Paul, is that you are now in the Lord. Let me see if I can make it plain. Remember all of the things that I told you were in that circle? Remember all of the things that I told you God was capable of, that God owns, that God has, that God does? It's where? It's in that circle, right? Who else is now in that circle? Which means what? Which means that by being brought into Christ, we now have access to eternity. By being brought into Christ, we now have access to infinite wisdom. We now have access to infinite resources. We now have access to infinite strength. But it's not ours. It's in the Lord, right? But we're in the Lord, and so we're able to access it. Let me make it more plain, more specific. The answers you're looking for are in the Lord. The resources you need to accomplish that God-sized dream on your heart is in the Lord. The wisdom and the insight you seek is in the Lord. The healing that you so desire is in the Lord, the, the peace that you've been missing is in the Lord. The direction, the, vi the vision, excuse me, I need a drink. The vision is in the Lord. If you have ever accepted the invitation to be in the Lord, then you have access to all that he is and all that he has. I tend to look at fundraising this way. I tend to not look at it as I'm asking people for money. I tend to look at it as 
God owns everything that we need to make this dream happen. So I'm just trying to find out who's holding on to some of it for me. Because he's already got it. He already knows where it's at. Somebody right now is holding a check for me. Just kidding. Somebody right now has been blessed with the resources it takes and we need to see this dream and this vision that God has given us lived out. And if you have never accepted the invitation to be in the Lord before, then my encouragement to you is to to let this be the day that you are baptized into the Lord's family. That let this be the day that you gain access to an eternal kingdom. That you gain access to eternal resources. That you gain access to eternal strength. That you gain access to eternal wisdom and insight and power. Then Paul goes on. He says, being strengthened in the Lord and by the strength of his might. The strength of his might. Let me say the harshest but most liberating statement you'll ever hear about spiritual warfare. Have you braced yourself? Get your emails ready. J-A-D-A, that's right, that's right. You can't win. You can't win. You're done. You can't. Like Adrian in the fourth movie, you can't win, Rock. You can't win. It's more emotional than that. She was like, more like, you can't win. But we got a lot of pride, though, don't we? See, I know some of you in here, just just a, just a small percentage, I'm sure, just enough of you in here are just like me that, 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 that you can beg me, you can ask me, you can poke me, you can prod me, you can keep telling me what to do, and I ain't going to listen to you because you ain't my God, right? But as soon as you say you can't, I'm like, who can't? Who can't? Come up, come up here and say that with your chest to my face, right? You, we got just enough pride to be like, who can't? Watch me go get this, right? And I hear people use phrases like, I just don't like to ask for help. I mean, who does though? I hear people use phrases like, like everything I got up to this point in my life, I got on my own. I hear people say lies like, I just work hard. I came to this situation with nothing, and I pulled myself up by these bootstraps. And I work hard and try my very best every single day, but I just think of, I think of, I think of Tweety Bird and Space Jam when Stan's like, oh, you're, you're on the team too, and He's like, well, I, I don't know, but I work hard and I try my very, very best. And and and, and, and you're like, bro, you're, you know, you know what I'm saying? You're Tweety Bird. You say that you've got all this on your own. You say that you're a hard worker. You say that you that you're gonna find a way to figure it out. And, and except for the fact that you're still sinning like you were before you knew better, you just might have a little bit more money now. Yeah. 
And the thing is, we'll talk more next week about what exactly we're up against. I don't want to spend too much time on what we're up against. I really, I really just want, want to get the point across that what we're up against is not human. What we're up against is not playing by the same rules that we're playing by. What we're up against has, has infinite more resources than what we got, right? We're, 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 we're bringing our silver spoons into a place where they fighting with guns. And, and we think that we're going to do something like that. It's not going to happen. It's not getting solved with guns or fists or the internet. So stop. We are outmatched. This war is supernatural. They, the powers they possess are not of this world. And we do not have the ability to overcome these spiritual forces of this world no matter how hard we try. We can't do it. Therefore, Paul reminds us what we can rely on, though. Should we choose to remember it is the strength of God's might. Last couple years, I've been taking the time to watch all of the Marvel movies in timeline order. Yeah. Not in the order that they were released, but in the order that, that, that you know, chronologically they occur. Right? Relax. Ain't nobody got to know, like, how quickly I'm moving through it. Nobody's got to know that. Relax. All right. Anyway. So I have worked through all of the Marvel movies in timeline order, okay? And this is what happened as I'm working through it. I was also listening to sermons and studying and stuff like that. And I heard Pastor Eric Mason in Philly use Iron Man as, uh, as an analogy. And Iron Man's my favorite. And so you know I had, to, I, I, I had to bring that to y'all. He said, have you ever noticed that Iron Man doesn't go out and try and fight Thanos as Tony Stark? Have you ever noticed that Tony Stark is at least self-aware enough to know that if he goes out and tries to fight these aliens and other, and, and other forms of supernatural beings as himself with his nice suit in his moderati, Maserati with his sarcastic humor that he's going to get smashed quick, fast, and in a hurry? The reality is the only way he's able to be a part of the Avengers is because he's smart enough to put on some armor. It's because he's smart enough to put on some, uh, some armor where there's this little voice inside that then takes over and guides him in what to do next. See, if we want to go up against the spiritual forces of this world, we need to be self-aware enough that we can't do it in our weakness, but we need to stretch out our arms, put on some armor, and let that little voice inside guide us with what to do next. So are you ready to stop fighting spiritual battles in your own strength. Because you've been losing. And I know you feel it. And I know you came in here feeling it. And it wasn't until I told you you can't win that you decided you don't feel it as much. But you feel it. You can't win. Paul writes elsewhere in his second letter to the Corinthians, specifically in chapter 12, verse, verse 9, he's, he's begging for the Lord to take his weakness away. He's like, God, wouldn't I, wouldn't I be so much more effective if I wasn't this weak? Wouldn't I, be, wouldn't I be able to reach so many more people if I didn't have this constant battle? 
Wouldn't I be able to do so much more for you, Lord, if this one thing wasn't holding me back? Why can't you just take it from me? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, the response is this. Paul writes, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The weaknesses that Paul was dealing with is made more explicit in the next verse. In verse 10, he talks about insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. That's what Paul's going through. He's going through insults. Anybody in here ever been insulted? Anybody in here ever ever have somebody talk bad about you, either behind your back or bold enough to do it to your face? And what's our reaction? Our reaction is to want to return the insult, but not just say, I, I know I am, but, but, but what are you, or whatever. But to return an insult with like the one thing that'll just shut it down once and for all. That's what we want to do, right? But we're weak. We, 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 we clown, we, we, we joke, we laugh, we say like it doesn't bother us, and like, I don't care what nobody say about me. Boy, will you, if you just don't stop lying right now, Yes, you do. Words hurt. Your feelings are hurt. You might not show it to anybody, but you're hurt. Insults suck. When people on social media post things that you disagree with, that hurts. When people talk about all these, that hurts. When people say things about you, even if they're laughing in a joking way, that hurts. And we want to return the insult, don't we? Let's talk about hardships. Anybody ever been through hardships? The things that you just can't help it, but the circumstances are tough? The, it's, it's like you don't, don't see a way out of it. You just know that you got to keep going in order to work hard to get out of it. Anybody want to talk about persecutions? Nobody wants to talk about persecution. <laughs> White people are like, no, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> and what's our reaction when we're persecuted? We want to turn the tables on them. We don't just want to like get right. We say we want to get right, but what we mean is we want to flip it on our heads. Right? Calamities. I had to look this one up. I ain't going front. Calamities are like the events that like make it make it really, really, really hard for you. They do a lot of damage and you just you just got to like deal with it. Right. It's something that presses on you. You can't help it. It's some kind of some kind of hard event. And what happens when 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 we find ourselves in some calamities is is we want to run to the thing that offers us comfort. But God says, the way that I deal with that is different than the way that you'll deal with that. See, here's what's going to happen. You can keep returning those insults, but guess what's going to happen? They're going to keep firing right back at you. You can keep on working hard to get out of your situation, but guess what's going to happen? You're going to have a stroke and die. It's real, right? Thank you. You can keep trying to turn the tables on persecution, but guess what? Those systems were built long before you. 
And it's going to take a lot more of us than just a few of us to actually be able to turn something around. And we can keep running to our comforts when we deal with instances of high damage. But guess what? After that phase wears off, after the high goes down, after the laughter dies, guess what's still right there? God says, my power is made perfect in the fact that you are weak. In other words, as soon as you're ready to give up, as soon as you're ready to own the fact that it's a weakness, the sooner God can get in there and do something about it, right? Nobody wants to coach the kid that thinks they already know everything, right? They want to coach the kid that's actually what? Teachable and willing to learn, right? God's not going to jump in and deal with your situation as long as you think you can figure it out. As long as you're holding on to any small part of it and you think to yourself, let me get some of this in order and then I'll let, and then I'll let God take over. God's not going to step in at any degree until you're let ready to honestly say to yourself, I actually can't do anything about any of this. I actually give up. I actually feel like if I keep going on my own, I will die and not see any form of hope until you get to that point. It's only that point and that point alone that God looks at it and he's like now I'm ready to work we need to get to the point where we understand that what makes this life livable is the grace and power of Jesus and nothing else the quicker we can accept our weakness the quicker we'll be able to acknowledge and live in the Lord's strength. And when we accept our weakness and we acknowledge his strength, he's faithful to work. And can I tell you one more thing without going too far? He's also faithful to win. He's also faithful to win. Church, the hold that the devil has on our city and its people is too great for us to just tackle as a group on our own with our strength and resources. Our strength, our wisdom, our guidance, that's got to come from God. Our perspective, our understanding, we got to stop, step back, and let God color it, not Facebook. And there's this, there's this constant messaging of the enemy that's going to tell you, you can't contribute right now because you're fighting your own demons. There's this constant messaging and tricks of the enemy that are just going to try to isolate you and give you the fear of judgment if people only knew. There's, there's tricks of the enemy that's only going to let you hear the part where I said that you're weak. That's the devil. And that's what he wants to do. But mightier is he than we. And greater than our ways are his ways. Church, I stopped trying to figure out a long time ago how and why God would use a guy like me. I gave up. I gave up thinking 
I could get a few things in order before I let God take over. So that way maybe the mess ain't so bad. I gave up fighting these demons that have a stronghold for generations on my own. And can I tell you what I found? Ten times out of ten so far, I have found that the strength I needed was in the Lord. And I have found that the Lord's might and the Lord's will to succeed is always greater than the resistance of the enemy. My only question for you this morning is are you ready to surrender to the Lord's strength today? Are you ready to give it up? Are you ready to stop clawing and fighting on your own? This life is like quicksand and it ain't looking no different. The harder you fight, the quicker you go down. Are you ready to give it up and let the Lord take over today? Some of y'all have known the Lord way too long to be trying to do this on your own. Respectfully, respectfully, some of y'all know better. And some of y'all, some of y'all ain't never heard or accepted it before at all. Some of y'all are here because somebody next to you made you come. Some of y'all are here because you felt some form of obligation, whether it out of a, a New Year's resolution or, or, or the lack of self-help books you haven't read. Somebody is here because they're looking for something different. They're looking for a sense of hope and strength. And what you need, let me tell you, is found in the Lord. If you've never accepted that before, then today needs to be the day that you wave that white flag. But the white flag doesn't mean surrender eternally. It means surrender to your strength now, but it means the Lord's victory. Let God get you this win. Let God deliver you from the circumstance that you find yourself in. Let God overcome by his wisdom, not your strategy. Are you ready for that? What do you need to let go of so God can go to work? What do you need to let go of? So God can go to work. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your infinite wisdom, for your infinite might. We thank you for your strength. God, we thank you that we thank you that when it feels like the world has beaten us down, And there's just nothing else we can do. You remind us through the words of your son, Jesus, that says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. In Christ, we overcome addiction. In Christ, we overcome hardships. In Christ, we overcome our brokenness. In Christ, we overcome calamities. In Christ... And Lord, we pray for forgiveness for the ways that we've been holding on to it for far too long. We pray for forgiveness for the ways that we've been fighting this battle that we can't win. And God, we stretch out our arms to you in this time and say, God, give me the armor. Put it on me, Lord. I can't take it anymore. God, we surrender our battles to you. We surrender our strategy to you and we accept in its place 
your protection, your wisdom, your guidance, and ultimately your victory. And we pray these things for ourselves and for our city. In Jesus' name, all who believe say, bless up.